previously on Box Cutters. Oh, <laughs> oh I preempted it. I went off the thing. Let's try it again. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 337. You, you're cold. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Courtney Hawking. Hi, Josh. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers, and Josh. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Hi, Courtney. She's just waiting until you're in the room. Just waiting. Box Cutters is all about television, and boy, do we have some television for you. This episode, we will review the UK show Utopia, Woo! because Courtney loved it so much and would not shut up about And it. I really want Ben Harris Roxas, my favourite Box Cutters listener, to watch it. I think he would enjoy it. So that's why oh. one of the reasons we need to talk about it. Right. He wants us to review Hannibal. Does he? He left a comment on the on the blog. I've never wants seen us, that. Wants us to review Hannibal. It's a new show. Isn't that just like a rip-off of Dexter? Well, you would think so. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I, we're not talking about it in this show, though. Okay. So we should stop. Right. We should stop. So. Later on in the show, is sketch comedy dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, maybe. Who can say? Who can tell? (laughs) We've got some letters to box cutters or a letter to box cutters. We've got one thing. (laughs) We have pork. Brett Cropley, you've said barely barely anything. I just want to give you this opportunity to say something. Uh, I have nothing. As always, though, we're going to kick things off (laughs) with the box cutters news. So, you know Stars Network? Yes. Stars! <laughs> it's, uh, it, look. It, Home of uh, Spartacus, Blood and Sand. Boss. Yeah, I was, I was going to say Party Down because the only show they've had that I've liked. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I never watched it's, that. I'm like, oh. It's Adam Scott, yeah? yeah? Yeah. Who won, like, the US Open Amazing. earlier this week. Amy Poehler must That's, be so proud. She must. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so Stars Network uh, in the in the US, which is a, a cable network, uh, they have a new show called Da Vinci's Demons. Right. They have a companion iOS app, so that's a, an application for mm-hmm. iPhones, mm-hmm. Uh, where people can actually use the second screen. So uh, a, a few weeks ago, we had Con Francescos, uh, former head of digital. Uh, for one of the big advertising companies over in Asia uh, on the show talking about uh, how TV shows can use the second screen better. Mm -hmm. And one of those things was to have extra information come up during the show. Stars is doing that with an app called Citizens of Florence that goes along with the uh, Da Vinci's Demons uh, application. And how it works is it takes the audio fingerprint of the show that you're watching. Oh, okay. And knows where you are up to in the episode. So you don't have to be watching it live. You can be watching it wow. on, uh, on delay. Yep. Yep. And it just works out where you are in the episode and gives you the information that you might need. That's kind of cool. So I really like that. If anyone is in the US and has used this... Can you can you not download it here at all? Well, I don't want to have to watch this Da Vinci's Demons thing. I don't think it sounds very good. <laughs> 
You know what I'm not going to watch? Tell me. I'm not going to watch 62 hours of one Nepalese talk show. Why? Tell me why. Well. Because it sounds racist. <laughs> this, uh, this Nepalese talk show host did a 62-hour show. Oh. And broke the world record. <laughs> broke their mind yeah. as well. 60, 62 hours on air doing interviews with people. Surely by the end of it, the interviews are largely blah, 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 blah. No, no. I, can, I can't it do it. Like, see, I, I mean, maybe this is my failing as, as a human, but three interviews in a row and I've just I've, I've lost it. 62 well, you, hours. Well, you have to build up your endurance for that. You don't just start on 62. You do like 40 hours, you know. You start on a 40-hour talk show and then you move up. Really? Yeah, so you do a talk show swimming the English Channel and then you move up to this. It's a process, I'm just saying. You do the talk show as you're swimming yes. the yes. English Channel. Yes. Uh-huh. That's how you build up your endurance, Brett. <laughs> do you want me to explain It's it like more? he knows nothing about television. So embarrassing. Uh, Rabbi Lemichain uh, is 36 years old and, uh, and he started last Thursday morning... <laughs> And over the course of the show, talked to politicians, actors, singers, sports personalities. Uh, Nepalis called in from around the world to discuss the theme. Which was? Buddha was born in Nepal. Mm-hmm. That's the theme. That was the theme of 62 hours. The previous record was 52 hours held by a TV show in the Ukraine. How many cars did they give away? It doesn't it, say? It doesn't. It doesn't say. Channel 9. Mm. Yep. Are dumping Days of Our Lives. They're not renewing the, the the contract for it. Now, Days of Our Lives has been renewed through to 2014 in the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a very long-running soap opera on Australian television mm. and very popular over the years, has a very firm viewer base. Channel 9, rather than putting it on one of their other channels, mm. just getting rid of it entirely. The last time they did that with, was with Young and the Restless mm. and people were outraged. Were they? And then got Foxtel because Foxtel got Young and the Restless, was on W and uh, it's been doing very well over there. Really? Has it? Mm. Do you think it's partly to do with um, Channel 9 want to sort of young up their station and, and bring, you know? But Days of Our Lives is all ages. Is it? Yeah, everyone can love shit. <laughs> Channel, Lines, Channel Lines proved that by buying Australia's Got Talent. It's true. I just associate with um, that show with, like, you know, older ladies at home on their own, watching Ray Martin on Midday and then watching that. Oh, when, when I was in high school, uh, when kids would stay home from school, they would come in the next day and tell other kids what happened on Days of Our really? Lives. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think everybody has – I mean, we've talked about this before, like, I – I, you know, I appreciate the bold and the beautiful. That's the one mm. that I appreciate. But I think, I guess, lots of people have a different one. Just maybe <laughs> I like it that they've tried to get rid of the young and the restless. That's not worked. How about we get rid of this one then? Like that's. Yeah. Well, then and then they've got nothing left. Mm. Uh, so when I was growing up, when I was when I was a kid, Channel Nine had all the soaps. They had Young Doctors mm. and Days of Our Lives and The Young and the Restless, and it was all in. Uh, uh, not Young Doctor, sorry, General Hospital. Mm-hmm. G- General yes. Hospital, Days of Our Lives, Young and the Restless, 
all in a row. Mm. And that was that was afternoon television for wow. uh, for Channel Nine after uh, after midday with Mike Walsh. Mike Walsh. Yep. You would have uh, you would have three different uh, soap operas. And now they don't even have Mike Walsh. Did they ever update the uh, the <laughs> theme tune to Days of Our Lives? I don't think so. Nope. It's classic. So it's still that. Dum, 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 dum. That's yeah. my understanding. Is this necessary? And that <laughs> is the Box Cutters news. Hi, this is Genevieve Lemon and you are listening to Box Cutters, you lucky, lucky people. So because last week we didn't have Gen- Genevieve Lemon mm-hmm. putting her in this week. Yeah. Yep. That's, uh, that's that's fair enough. Genevieve Lemon is not in Utopia. Oh, huh? Which What's is a uh, pity. So the the show Utopia it's from the UK uh, is about a group of people who are connected because of their enjoyment of a comic book. Graphic novel. So they're joined together by uh, by a comic book. Only one issue has ever been released, but it is full of mystery. It is. And fans of this book are uh, joined together online in, in chat rooms and they try to uncover some of the mysteries and they think they can get their hands on the manuscript for issue number two. Other people who think they can get their hands on the manuscript for issue number two a set of killers who are going around just killing people who may or may not have access to Which, it. And... and- in the very first episode, they are the first people we meet as well. Yeah, they're pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really plunges you right in to the seriousness of the show. It sounds kind of like it might be flip or uh, silly, but it's actually quite terrifying. It is, it is one of the better introductions to a conspiracy show that I've, that, that I've seen. Really ratchets up the suspense it does. within like a second. Hmm. And uh, and so you're hooked within five minutes of of the show, and and you want to watch more. You get to the end of the first episode, and you want, you just need more. And I think it helps knowing that there's only six episodes, yes. because you know there is going to be an end point. You are going to find some stuff out, and, and they do pack a lot into each episode as well. Yeah. There's no feeling at any point that they're padding it out with. You know, like, oh, this is just to get to this other thing. Like, you really the whole time that suspense is maintained. I think, and they do, and and so they they do that quite well. the uh, The idea of having a, a a group of people so that we're not focusing on any one person's story. This is actually mm-hmm. the story of the conspiracy itself. At first, we think it's about the comic book, uh, but then we see that it's it's so much wider. This thing goes all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful. It starts small and then gradually like a sort of amazing poster kind of pulls out and moves bigger and bigger and you sort of see, begin to sort of look more widely at what it is and where everybody fits and people move around and they change their allegiances and, uh, yeah. And changing allegiances I I get and there Mm. is is a point where someone does change an allegiance and it is... Uh, and it is really tense. Brett, you've you've seen all of this, mm, haven't you? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and and it is it is really tense. I get that. What I can't stand. Mm. There are two things I can't stand. One is bullshit science. Yep. And two is the twenty four uh, trick of you thought I was this, but I've always been this. Okay. Just the ripping the mask off or changing the accent or I'm not 
I'm not the person you thought I was. Ha ha, I've just turned on you in the heat of the moment. You didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Well, now we can't trust anything in, yeah. the, in the series. And do you, th- and and you, find, you find that a fault, do you? I find that really, really annoying. Like it's a... Is it, is it lazy screenwriting? It feels, or is it it a, feels lazy. It's like trick. It, it, it's lazy tension. It's, oh, well, there wasn't enough tension or there isn't enough uh, conflict or we need something to drive us into an action sequence. Well, we've got a character that we don't need anymore, so we could just make them suddenly a baddie. Mm. And I find that annoying. The bullshit science almost threw me off the show. See, I pretty much dropped out of science in year 10. And so anything to do with science is a wonderful mystery to me. Uh, I look great. Sure, pictures, science. Wow. See, I got I got in trouble from John because apparently my review of the following was largely spoilers. And mm-hmm. at one point, I said, uh, I think at one point I said, "This is a spoiler, but it doesn't matter because you absolutely shouldn't watch the show." <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that that's how spoilers work. To I'm, be honest, I'm You're not, not saying that about this. No, no. I, I I really enjoyed Utopia. I think it's I, I think aside from these couple of issues, it's a really watchable, enjoyable show. I think you can broadly say that the science is problematic without then specifying exactly what the science is. It upset me so much, though, because it seemed like so much work had gone into the rest of the show. Mm. And this little bit of science that just, if they'd run it by a scientist, <laughs> they, they would have gone, oh, no, that. That doesn't work. You, mm. Why don't you just say this thing instead? Okay. Great. Yeah. So it's just, it, it it was just that little bit of we're running out of time. We need something. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I certainly think I can see that uh, the character who's sort of most involved in the science, I found the most hard to relate to. Like I didn't, I wasn't as interested in his storyline as I was the others. Um, and so whatever with that um but i overall i i thought it was uh really quite um fascinating and kind of leaps ahead of black mirror which seems like the obvious predecessor for it it really seems like like black mirror is this one note thing and then utopia is this like 3d symphony of the issues that black mirror could have been i had such high hopes for us courtney (laughs) well I gotta tell the truth, Josh. See, Black Mirror only really had one episode for each of the stories that it was telling. This yep. had a whole six episodes yeah. for the one story. But even in even in the stories, like you know, the one with the politician and the pig and stuff, it's just like, boom, controversial. Now we're just going to talk about it for an hour, and oh, what's going to happen? Oh, awkward. Like there was no level of insight or depth to it. It was just, you know. And I had high hopes for Black Mirror. I wanted it oh, to be good. See, I really I, feel this was. Much better. I think you're, uh, I think you're unfairly maligning Black Mirror, because well, Black, Black Mirror is not about uh, Black Mirror is about the the use of technology. Yes, and this is uh, and this is about the uh, terrible corruption of humanity. But I think it's, it's 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 you certainly can't say that it's not about technology. It's also about technology. How is Utopia about technology, other than we're hiding away from CCTV footage? Well, I think it's about that uh, the way people use technology and come to rely on it is 
something that can be corrupted and used against them. And I don't know. I haven't really thought about it a lot, but I certainly think it's it's part of it. I think Black Mirror... So, sorry, I think, I think Utopia is... Uh, is a it's a good yarn, but it is not. Oh, for me, it wasn't an insight into society. I didn't see any further uh, into into the looking glass than I, I was already aware. And a lot of it is so itself comic booky that uh, that it just. It it just feels like fiction to me. Yeah, see, I think I think in the pushing to the limits of reality in the way that you know they're on the run. There's this big conspiracy. There's some real notes in the different characters and the way they behave under pressure that do reveal things to me about humans and and how we interact and how people would behave. It really made me think about you know like if that was me, how would I feel and what would I do and who could you rely on? Which I think is a far deeper level of insight than what could happen with the mobile phones if they went bad. Like, ugh. But I think that I I, I think <laughs> I think Utopia is is kind of just a random conspiracy that's taken from a dystopic future. Whereas Black Mirror is technology and, and where it could quite possibly be driven to but and, I find, and where we I find may that, actually end up, which I, I think, those, which I think makes Black Mirror a lot more horrific than, than this story. But I find that sort of that sort of argument about technology and, and in fact, anything, that kind of like, well, you, you know, don't send sexting pictures because one day you might want to be prime minister, like that kind of, you know, Gen X kind of baby boomer hectoring of like, well, you haven't considered, like, shut up, don't lecture me about this stuff, you know? I don't find it – it shows insight into why people do the things they do or the process or how people use the technology, which I think is genuinely interesting. I think it comes from a high a sort of moral judgment that mm-hmm. some people have about, you know, I don't think people should be doing this and here's your lesson. Like, get out of my face. Yeah, that's, I'll, I'll, I'll buy that. Mm. It is- I, didn't even, I didn't even hate Black Mirror. Watched all three of them. But- there are six, but the okay. Well, oh, then I watched all. I watched all of them. The uh, the Black Mirror is is lectury. Yeah. It is. It is a bit pulpity, but the uh, the thing about uh, the thing about Utopia that I that I really like mm-hmm. is it's a fun adventure, mm. and uh, and there are some characters in there that I think have really interesting stories, uh, and and. Uh, and you get a lot out of them, which you know. To, to compare it to Black Mirror, you you don't get that because you've only got single single episodes. Yeah. Uh, but you get a lot. The character of Wilson Wilson, who is a huge conspiracy nut and mm-hmm. has done a lot of preparations for the end of the world uh, to to come, and is also a, a hacker. And uh, he has so much backstory and so much interest, and is a really easy character to to have compassion for yeah and there there are a few of those i think grant the the 11 year old and uh his girlfriend sophie don't know. i don't have that written down mm. uh but uh the 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 two children in in this uh there's a lot of sympathy for 
for their characters. And then there are just characters you just want to punch in the face. Yeah, absolutely. But I think there's... You don't feel – I feel like the characters are quite organic in a lot of ways and even in, in, you know, one of the characters who kind of turns, you know, from good to bad or whatever, you mm. don't feel like it's that black and white of, now you're a bad person. Like you kind of go, well, I have empathy for that. I can see how that would happen, which is much more realistic, I think, than a lot of that kind of writing. So, yeah, no, I I, uh, I certainly would recommend watching Utopia. I think it's fantastic. It's, it's fun. It is it is a lot I of see, fun. See, when you say fun, I don't think it's fun. I found it really stressful. Oh. Like, it gave me a lot of, like, ah. Um, it's very beautiful also, we should mention, like, the, the style and the... Um, the vision, the contrast is really ratcheted up on all of the pictures. The so the so colours are yeah. remarkable, mm. um, which gives it a really interesting edge as well, I think, to that, you know, dystopian future sort of image of it. Um, but, I, yeah, I found it really stressful to watch. I only found it stressful to watch because there were people I wanted to punch in the face and I couldn't get to them. Different to kind punch, of stress. Punch yeah. them in the face. Yeah. Brett, did you, did you Any enjoy Any thoughts, it? Brett? Did, did you enjoy it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's amazing. I I couldn't uh, turn away for the whole six episodes. Would, would you watch a second season? Absolutely. Would you watch a third season? Uh, depends on what they're doing. The what about season. what about the fourth season? Fourth season, I think, is a little bit uh, much. Li- li- yeah, the been going on a little while. Season. Bit yeah. bored. Bit bored with it now. Yeah. Fourth season depends on what depends on what they do with the second. Really does. It's hard, no, to, and, it's... and you know, to maintain that pressure for six. Oh, episodes, what? There's sure. a fifth season. <laughs> Just let it die. There's, there's going to be like a sixth one with Tom Hanks' son, and I just found out there's a. Uh, it's all purgatory. Just, I just found <laughs> out there's a, uh, a a a fifth season of Nurse Jackie just started. Okay, like that. That's still a show. It's a lot mm. of that going around. Anyway, that's Utopia. You can find it uh, on DVD if you order it from the UK. Hello, hi. What are you doing? What a wonderful day. Time to get box cutting, everyone. Let's podcast. Hurrah! Courtney Hocking, you are a comedian. I'm a reformed comedian, but yeah. Does does that mean what? What does that mean? Is that like a born again virgin? What what is? No, it's like it's like a. Uh, you were a comedian, it's and like now... an al- it's like an alcoholic in recovery. Right. Yep. Right. So you you try how many days? How many days since you've told a joke? Goodness. Uh, wow. I don't even know. It's it was just before Christmas. Was was your last gig? Yeah. Right. I should get I should get a token or something. You should like a key ring to put on my keys. Uh, yeah, totally. I still write. I still write jokes and and comedy, but yeah, not out of my face. Have you written Have you written for for sketch comedy? Yeah. the The concept of sketch comedy on TV has has been around for a long, long time. Yes. We haven't seen anything in Australia for a long time that was really any good. Well, we see it for an episode, then it gets axed. Not really, since the Paul Hogan show. <laughs> I think that was before I was born. <laughs> Send your letters to hooray at boxcutters.net and mark them attention, Brett Cropley. Oh, would you, would you, you like, mental would Brett you count Cropley. Ronnie John's half hour in uh, the, the, the good lineup? No, but there's the, the uh, degeneration, uh, Australia yeah. standing in it. All of which come after the Paul Hogan show. Uh, you've uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot. Dingo Brett. principle. For, uh, comedy company when it was on nine thirty on Tuesday nights. Full for, frontal. 
six episodes. I would the say first not full series, frontal. But I the first series of Fast Forward, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay. We had a we had a really good history of sketch comedy. And most then of it before I was born. By mo- the most of it, of it be- before you were born. And then Courtney was born and it ruined everything. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. No, mm. I know. We then end up in, in a situation where, like you were saying, Courtney, sketch comedy shows come on screen... Mm last one episode if they're on Channel 7 <laughs> and then go away. If they're on Channel 10 and they're Skid House, they last a, a few years. Yeah. But after a few years of the same people, some people leave, the uh, the relationships change, the chemistry changes, and you can't get it's back hard to that, keep it fresh. That, that original yep. concept. So we haven't had sketch comedy for a while and we haven't really had any overseas sketch comedy shows that have been... Great that have really been showstoppers. Mitchell and Webb. Mitchell and Webb. That's what I liked. Mitchell and Webb was pretty good, but they're few and far between. It felt like growing up, there was much more. You just couldn't turn for it. It was just, they were all over the place. Watching you while you slept. (laughs) I think it's a lot to do with the conservatism of networks now um, in how they go about putting shows on and how much they want to be involved in that. And I think sketch comedy, if you're risk-averse, sketch comedy is not necessarily an area you then want to move into. And sketch comedy doesn't necessarily work that well by committee either, Um, which is problematic when networks want to review things and see them and change jokes and blah, blah, blah. I think that's difficult. So I came up with this topic a, a while back, I, I think, uh, in the lead-up to uh, our Christmas break. Yep. Thinking about some, some things that we could do this year. And thought, well, it, it would be a great conversation. We'd go, well, why, why has it died? Why mm-hmm. has sketch comedy died? Mm-hmm. And then and then two shows yeah. happened. Yep. The Kroll Show, uh, which is a, a, a show from the US, stars a guy that you would have seen in a lot of stuff. The League? Yep, he's 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 in the league. He's 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 one of he's he's one of those guys like the uh the the human giant uh crew or human giant adjacent. He appears in in lots of his surname is Kroll. And so every single sketch revolves around him. He he plays a character in every single sketch. Uh-huh. So in in that way it's more Kenny Everett like or Paul Hogan like than uh, then degeneracy. It's, it's not an ensemble mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It is all about him and him doing characters. Mm. And it's hilarious. There are some really funny, twisted bits in there, uh, some great gags. There's a, 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 he does a Canadian high school drama show where uh, everybody else in the school is in a wheelchair. He's the only one who has legs. They call him Legs. <laughs> That's funny. It's really cute. Yeah. Uh, so, some really great ideas. So there was that. And then I thought, well, that's one show from another country. Like, what are the chances? Mm. And then The Elegant Gentleman's Guide to Knife Fighting started on the ABC a couple of weeks Can ago. Can I just take – I'd just like to take a moment. Let's all take a knee to release my hate boner about the – Gentlemen's buddy, chaser boys, because comedy is boys, 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 drives me out of my head with madness. Because it's all about boys, 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 boys. Shut up. It's not. Someone make an effort. It's not about boys and girls. You can be adults. We can all be adults. Again, 
has to be about men. If the ladies were funny, I'm sure they'd get space. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't even say do you know that. The the ratio, do you know the ratio of comedy writers on the ABC? Men to women? Men to women? 12 to 1. Mm-hmm. 12 to 1. 12 men to one woman. Yep. Uh, that's not a lot. There's not high. Yeah. And there's no effort to do anything about that by anyone. No. Oh, maybe we should. No. We're just going to have a show about men doing men things. Good. Have you watched the uh, Elegant Gentleman's Guide to Knife Fighting? Nope. It's really good. Oh, good. It's really good. It's not just men. It's not just men. It's mm-hmm. it's an ensemble thing by the same people who did uh, who did uh, 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 something Christmas, yeah, Moody Christmas. Christmas. Yep. So a lot of the same actors uh, from from a Moody Christmas, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the writing credits are like. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the ratio is like, Courtney. Yeah, but I know that the sketches are funny. Good. Well, that's good. And that helps. Uh, Should help it to live a bit longer than one episode, so that's good. Well, it's been on for two. Okay, it's oh, had, good. <laughs> the uh, uh, so yes, yeah, so it's so it's had it's had two episodes, and uh, and they've been great, mm-hmm. and there have been some some great sketches, and then starting to think about it and going, well, actually, there, there was Portlandia. We yep. had Portlandia, and that was funny, and and we go through this thing, which is, I think, in the same way that we used to say, "Why can't Australia have a good sitcom?" Mm. And then good sitcoms would come, and we would just ignore the question for a while. Yeah. And then when that ended, we would We'd say, have that. "Why? Why can't? Well, what about that thing that just finished last week?" Yeah. There are good sketch comedy shows out there. We so just. Do you think it's like a, a cyclical thing? Yeah, yep. I think I think it is, and I think there are people who grew up with sketch comedy who then uh, re- revere the genre and and want to bring it back, and then there are those uh, who get sick of it and never want to touch it, mm-hmm. uh, and then there are uh, those who just hate men. Yep, that's definitely what I was saying. That's you just hate men, Courtney. You know I do. You hate them so I much. I hate them and their awesome penises so much. Mm. Um, mm. I think it's it's also uh, awesome. it's difficult in Australia as well. Like in the UK, there's a lot more uh, structure infrastructure to assist in the development of sketch comedy because there's like radio sketch comedy, which is very big over there and always has been, mm. and a lot of shows go through. They do a show at Edinburgh and then they go to BBC, you know, Nine <laughs> Radio, do that, and then move to some BBC Nine TV, like, and get developed that way and move, keep moving up sometimes, um, which I think is really uh, good for giving sketch comedy the chance to grow and develop before it gets to television. I think in Australia it's particularly difficult because we don't have any of that. Um, it's just... A network goes, well, let's do a sketch comedy thing now and sort of throw some people together. And that's that's the worst thing that, that they could possibly do is mm. they throw a bunch of comedians and maybe a woman into a room to, together. Uh, yeah, and this is the other thing. Like when you say uh, that show has some good actors in it, it's often a lot of shows. Uh, and this is not just sketch comedy. That's, you know, even panel shows. It's male comics and a woman. Like a yes. who's a host or an actress or whatever or a foil. Yeah, 
which seems also pretty common. Um, and, and absolutely, I think throwing a bunch of them together and going, be funny, it's just, it, it misses out on all the great comedy that, come at, that can come out from a natural chemistry that's developed with the performers and the writing that can come from that as well, which can be really strong. One of the things that I like about the Elegant Gentleman's Guide to Knife Fighting is that it is uh, the, the sketches are about things that happen in the world rather than things that happen on TV or things that people mm. might be familiar with straight away. Okay, uh, which is rare. Which is yeah. It, so rather than going for that easy stuff, which is what Skit House tried to do yep. in the in the first season as well, rather than going for the easy way out, mm. uh, which I think is mocking television. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, there's some real work into the construction of these uh, of these sketches, and and the same thing with the Kroll Show, and the same thing with Portlandia, uh, and the same thing with uh, Mitchell and Webb. Mitchell and Webb. These are these are sketch shows that have clearly put a lot of effort into uh, into coming up with the joke rather than coming up with a premise. Yep, and I think one one of the problems that happens with sketch comedy after a while is that they get a little bit lazy and they'll come up with a premise and then hope to find a joke and never do. Well, there's that's I, a Saturday Night Live thing. Yes, which is has been on forever and is just terrible for the mm. most part because a lot of the things are so front end loaded. Like the concept is funny and then the rest of it, why are we even? Bothering? And it's and it's a skill and it's a it's a tough skill. Yep. At, at that and it's also the sort of thing that if if you can get really good at. If you can write a great sketch, you'll be able to write an okay screenplay. Like there's, yeah. there's no problem there. There is so much skill Crossover. needs to go into into writing a great two and a half minute TV sketch. Yep. Uh, we we've talked a lot about this show on a lot about on, on this show the uh, uh, the disparity of, of men and women writers. Uh, we talked about it last time you were on Courtney. Uh, so far, hasn't improved. On the, uh, um, it's, well, if, I if, mean, we, we talked about it on the show. We talked about it twice now. Once with you, and uh, and and once with Ben, and uh, and so we've talked about it twice. Has mm-hmm. it not improved in that time since since we've talked about since it? Since we've talked about it, not that I've noticed. Nobody has called me, which what? is disappointing. Why aren't they listening? I don't know. It's, I don't know if they're not listening or if we just don't have powerful voices. Paying Brent. attention to us. Yeah. Well, I'm saying it in my woman's voice, so maybe they can't hear it. It's like dogs can only hear things Probably. at a certain pitch. It's the other way around. Yeah. That's right. Mm. And Ben McKenzie has pretty much a woman's voice as well. Mm. Mm. So, problematic, obviously. Mm. Uh, But hopefully, you know, hopefully that will change. Fingers crossed. Someone change it, for God's sakes. Give me a job. Do you remember uh, Big Girls Blouse? Yep. Uh, Do you remember there was another show with with Linda Gibson and Jane Turner and uh, that was on the ABC... Uh, I've forgotten the name of it. There have been there, there have been a few female centric sketch comedy shows mm. in in Australia's history. Mm-hmm. Uh, overseas, if there are female centric sh- shows, other than Smack the Pony, I can't think of any that aren't centered There's around a single UK one person. As well. um, what's her name? Joe mm. Brand. Yeah, Joe Brand. Maybe. There's another one. Over but there. that's that's cool. around a single. Uh, uh, a single indi- like yep one female comic one female comic yes. rather than a group yes. of female comics and there I think is that's, one I can't yeah. remember her name so what about yeah. Catherine Tate yeah maybe yep but that's again that's one person 
I think getting getting together several women and putting them on television that that is still a rare thing. It is, um, but I think also it's not. <laughs> I I also disagree with the well, and let's 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 change the balance by having a show with the women's on it, and they can talk about the women's things. You know, I think it's. I think there's a. I mean. The sketch comedy group that I was in, they deliber- when, when it was started, it was deliberately, we are going to have equal numbers, men and women. Mm-hmm. And it was great. It was fine. You know? And I think even if you just made the effort to do that, that would be good. Um, but it seems there's a lot of barriers to entry here. And sketch comedy, it seems, doesn't come up that much. Um, and the issues behind, you know, why women don't um, aren't on... Australian television as comedians an awful lot, a myriad. <laughs> so, yeah, but but that issue of have writers, female writers on the ABC, I think is a very serious one. And, you know, it would be nice if someone did something about that. It's three times we've spoken about that now, Brett. If nothing happens now, I don't know what else we can do. Larry Postman, I have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Darren Boxcutter writes, I've been watching Bates Motel and quite enjoying it. I call it Creepy Smallville. Love you to review it. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Darren. We, we, we will. You know what? We might review it in a double with Hannibal. We will get, we'll, give it, we'll give it a few, uh, few more weeks and, uh, and then we'll kill it. We'll kill it good. <laughs> um, what is Bates Motel? I don't know anything about the Bates it. Bates Motel is a pre-psycho-psycho. So it's, uh, <laughs> I think I've been called that. <laughs> <laughs> it is about uh, Norman Bates and his mother moving into the Bates Motel. Cool. Just as the council announces that they're going to build a freeway. Oh, that'll make you mad. Yeah, won't it? <laughs> Why not? So that's that's what that's about. But it's set now, okay. so it is kind of like Smallville, uh, even with a guy who looks like he he could be Clark Kent or he could be Norman Bates. I think that's the joy, isn't it, of those dark haired comb overed Zachary Quinto lookalikes? Yeah, it's you don't know. You don't know if they're going to be crazy nutters or if they're going to save the day. So hot, so hot. Thanks, Darren. If you have a question for box cutters or you want to send us an email, hooray at boxcutters dot net. Or there's a contact us link on the blog. It's right near the top. It's really easy to find. You can tweet at us. You can get us on Facebook, facebook.com slash boxcutters, I think. Cast? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe boxcutters cast. Maybe boxcutters. Search for boxcutters. <laughs> I can't remember anymore. I wonder, I? wonder why we don't hear. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> if you watch one What would you watch if you're going to watch one thing this week? This week I would uh, check out Youngers, which is a uh, new series from the UK uh, set around uh, young, young psychology kids uh, who are into hip-hop and, and no. doing, doing MCing and stuff. Uh, I watched the first episode over last week. Oh, it's based it on the life of, of young MC? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. It's cool. about time he Busted. got the biopic he deserved. Courtney. Yes? Yes, Josh. If you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? I have started in on the new season of Mad Men. I don't know why necessarily I'm doing that. The last season I thought was amazing, but they did have two years to make it. 
So it benefited from that so much. And this season seems there's a lot of things I don't necessarily understand. Wena, what are you doing? Uh, but it's fascinating and, you know, I think it has the potential to be interesting or just a lot of people in the late 60s talking about death. Either way, I'm going to watch it. You know, in the in the last episode of uh, of Mad Men, everyone just dies. We just see how they all die. Yeah, uh, it's just the, th- the theme song playing on repeat and we just watch everybody kill themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know. Spoiler it's, alert. Sorry. Sorry. Look, I, I'm going to tell you now, you don't have to watch it. That's... I kind of want to know. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It's, you know, I hear, I hear it's, uh, I hear it's pretty intense. The last season of Mad Men. <laughs> what are you going to watch this week? Mad as hell! I just love it so much. It is, it is probably my favorite thing. I, I'm upset that it's only a half hour. Yeah. Uh, but I've been really enjoying, especially during during comedy festival, and I get home and I'm just so tired, and <laughs> I, I've been laughing at people doing funny things and yep. I'm just sick of it so I just want to sit down and watch something that is going to make me laugh at people doing funny things makes sense and uh, and I, I love Mad as Hell I think it's great and Roz Hammond has a really good show in the comedy festival uh, that if you get a chance to see it it's not funny but it's amazing okay it's uh, it's not meant to be funny it's like purposefully not funny is it dance uh, it is all dance mm-hmm. it is 100% dance no it's, it's her doing a, a whole series of characters and telling a really Lovely story through those characters, mm. and she tells she does great characterizations. So not and like uh, Ruby Wax unfunny, not like Ruby Wax unfunny, uh, and uh, Ruby Wax my second worst interview ever. Uh, but the um, it was just a shame because I really liked her TV shows. Mm. And did, we did not get along. No. Uh, I can see that. Uh, Ross Hammond's show is is great, and and her character uh, Vomitoria Catchment in Mad as Hell is, I, just, I could watch her endlessly. It's great. So that's uh, Wednesday nights on ABC. Good. little bit of local. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Talking about a little bit of local and, uh, and comedy festival... Uh, last Saturday night, I went to the Capitol Theatre in Melbourne to see the screening of a TV series that will probably never go to air. Goodness. Yeah. Uh, a few years ago, Greg Fleet wrote a play called Die on Your Feet. Which he performed as a show at the Comedy Festival. Yeah, and that starred uh, himself, Stephen Gates, you may know as Gatesy from A Tripod, Corinne Grant and Adam Hills. Mm-hmm. And... And there was maybe someone else. Was there someone I think that else? That was it. That was it. Yeah. Was Alan Bro in the original? No. But he's in the TV series. So in the TV series, there are five people. There's uh, Al- Alan Bro, Adam Hills, uh, Greg Fleet, Stephen Gates, Corinne Grant mm. uh, as comedians. And it is about being comedians in Melbourne. Uh, it's a drama written by Greg Fleet, directed by Ted Robinson, who oh. was the producer of The Big Gig and Good Newsweek and now heads up GNW TV. Director of those as well. And, and director of those. And Das Capital. And this is his, I think it's his first attempt at directing uh, TV drama. Okay. So and it's a drama, it's not a comedy. Well, it's a, it's a, a half hour Light-hearted drama, I suppose. There's, Dramedy? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, it, it, look, it wasn't great. 
But it was it was that thing of, of watching TV in a theatre again, which was really interesting. Uh, the cast were there. They had never seen it. Uh, Ted Robinson, I remember him directing, uh, like, actual actually filming things during the comedy festival a few years ago. And there's a scene in the uh, in the first episode where Corinne uh, uh, Grant's character and Adam Hill's character are having a fight, and uh, because Ted Robinson is, I think, is also the director of uh, of the gala, he had organised for them at the closing part of the of the gala to have that fight on stage and for Corinne to storm off, uh, and and that was actually part of of oh, the gala. It's like Inception, comedy. right? It just and it just goes further and further. The show wasn't great, but it was really interesting to see a show that has been made, that effort has gone into, people have put their love and their heart and their soul and weeks of work into, and it's never going to go to air. Because mm. well, normally those things just die a quiet death. You don't see them. Right. Um, and, and I think it's interesting that, you know, while they did show choose to show it, they chose to show it at 11.15 on a Saturday night. You know, like that's... They weren't, they weren't looking for a lot of attention. No. Uh, so it wasn't it wasn't actually made for anybody. It was just well. I think initially they thought that it was going to air on the ABC, and the ABC were really interested in it. There are a few different stories going around about why they turned it down, but uh, an obvious one, and one that Adam Hills himself says is uh, is that he is like he plays a, a largely swearing asshole mm. in the. Uh, in the show, and they and the ABC don't want their kind of flagship nice guy. Mm. So that's you know that is, that is one really credible reason. A- another reason could be it's just not good enough, mm-hmm. and uh, and it, it makes me feel really bad because I was really looking forward to someone having the guts to go out and make a show and then try to sell it rather than selling the concept. Mm. And but it's it's interesting because it's not like. That's not a fair pedigree either, you know. I mean, I, uh, Greg Fleet wrote it, although it sounds like he wrote a lot of it at the last minute, but he did write it mm. and he's had a lot of experience in Australian comedy and he's a great comedian. Um, and Ted Robinson has been, you know, producing and directing television for 30 years in this country. So that combination plus, you know, Ted Robinson's company, which made it, um, it's not an unreasonable expectation that it's not like it's just a bunch of guys that went out with a hand and women that went out with a handy cam and, you know, made it and went, hey, let's pitch it. That's, you know, that's some support there. And for that to then fail, and it's I quite think, big. I think the big difference is, is in the it's in the timing. It's in the it's in the directing and the editing. Uh, Ted Robinson is a great director for live comedy. Mm. Uh, but for dramatic comedy very different kind of feel. Yeah. And it just it, it just doesn't come across. But it was really interesting the to... The rhythm is not right? The rhythm's not there. The okay. rhythm is not a dancer. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode 337. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Courtney Hocking. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. 
Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. John Richards edited this episode. Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. What? You're looking at me weirdly. I just made a joke. (laughs) Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.